0: Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hey ladies, welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We are excited you're with us and this week we have Jill Finley with us. Um, Jill, how are you this morning? I'm
1: wonderful. How are you?
0: I am good. I'm good. Friend, I'm glad you're with us. Start out by telling some of the ladies that may not know you just a little bit about yourself and your role there at Bethel Troy.
1: I'd love to. Hey, I have been here. I just celebrated my 20th year at Bethel. I am the women's minister here. So I am I oversee women's discipleship and ministry here. And I absolutely am passionate about women's discipleship and seeing women grow in their faith and, and come to faith in Christ and then help them on that Uh, journey in their faith. I am married. I've been married uh, 38 years. I have two adult girls. Uh, One lives nearby in Staunton and the other lives in St. Louis. And I have two grandchildren. I'm blessed with uh, these grandchildren and children and that they live close by. So I enjoy uh, having a discipleship relationship with my children and my grandchildren. Also participate on like the executive team with our, our staff. I have a wonderful pastor who uh, has a vision for seeing women uh, serve in leadership and he is passionate and about seeing women, having women have a seat at the table and having them represented in leadership decisions and vision. So very blessed to be able to work under pastor, uh, such as uh, Pastor Tim Lewis, and have the opportunities that he's afforded me. So my role here over these 20 years has evolved and he's really been intentional about raising me up in leadership and been a mentor to me and helped me develop not only leadership skills, but also a love and a passion for discipleship and for the word.
0: So mm-hmm. I've had the privilege of, of course, being a friend and get to watch Closer, maybe up close and more personal of your life than maybe some. And and I'm grateful to that. Um, And I see you demonstrate that all the time. But here's what's been intriguing to me. Um, I've watched you now for several years and you're such a magnet to women. Women are just attracted to you um, because you're just so down to earth. But Jill, here's what's intriguing me. I've watched you minister through this pandemic And um, you have never stayed home through any of this pandemic. As a matter of fact, I've watched your ministry ramp up as far as the needs increasing specifically to women. And so I want you to just tell us a little bit about that and maybe even share a story. Um, Because I think it's important for us as women, you know, as we talk about this discipleship pathway, we need to understand when we're the one that's discipling somebody, it can get messy, but it's an investment of time and we have to be available. That's why it can't just be one Person that's doing it in the in the church. So tell us a little bit about what that's looked like um, through this COVID pandemic.
1: Well, um, you know, you're exactly right. I haven't been uh, staying home during this. As a matter of fact, I've uh, I've been in the office every day, and this has been an incredibly fertile time in ministry. And you know, God always shows me. It seems to me like He He always shows me a window uh, that's open. And I realize that this is a season, this is a window. And um, it's almost like he gives me my marching orders. Uh, you've got this amount of time now make the most of it, go cast seed, you know, so, so, so in this season. And, you know, that's what I've done. And it's been incredibly uh, fertile. I've seen that women are so open to connection. And it's caused me to be creative about how you know, I minister to women. And so, you know, I've done like Zoom coffees and I've, I've had women one-on-one in, like in my home and things like that. I've uh, developed a lot of Zoom counseling sessions and things like that for those that aren't able to get out. And I've also had women because we do eight at eights in their devotional times that our staff has done. And it's on our public page. And a couple of women have watched uh, one of my and have contacted me and I've developed a relationship with them you know one is a, a mom that has had some struggles with her children and uh, marriage and she just reached out and said hey you're you're somebody I think I could talk to so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I developed a relationship with her wow. then I had a, a young 22 year old that contacted me who was actually involved in the occult and had some questions so I developed a relationship with her Actually, it w- had the opportunity to lead her to the Lord, and now I'm continuing a disciple uh, discipling relationship with her, and she's hopefully going to get baptized um, in August. We're scheduling that, and I'm going to get the privilege of, of of doing that baptism. So it's just so fantastic how God is is moving in. You know, it's all Him, and we tend to think that, oh wow, this is happening. All this is closed down, and all the opportunity and God has showed me, no, you know, this is a very uh, fertile season and people are open to connection. They women want connection. So I'm Mm -hmm. seeing, yeah. So my hours aren't conventional. You referred to our friendship. So, you know, we, we talk all the time. You and I, um, mm-hmm. and, and communicate a lot. So you said the other night, do you ever shut off or, you know, <laughs> um, and I don't, I mean, I just don't have regular hours. So there's some times that I'm talking to women at 1030 at night, and then I meet them at six o'clock in the morning. And I realize uh, one of the pastors, uh, our worship pastor said something to me actually this morning. He said, do you, I'm I'm worried that you don't sleep. <laughs> and I say, there's time for that later. But uh, seriously, because I sense in um, my spirit that this is just a uh, season and that mm-hmm. I need to be, I need to sow. The principle in the Bible is, you know, you reap what you sow. So if you're going to mm-hmm. sow a lot, you're going to mm-hmm. reap a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just, I believe I'm sowing a lot of gospel seed and um, I'm trusting God for a, a wonderful harvest of, of this, yeah, so
0: yeah, I've watched you go deeper in your own relationship with with Jesus. You know, you're um, embracing that role of the Holy Spirit in your own life. Um, I watched you fall in love with the world. You know, as you went on that trip, that was your first international mission trip. You know, to South Asia, and again, um, watching you with women there. You know, watching those relationships. If you brought him, you turned around and led a team back. Um, God's definitely gave you a heart for the world, but, but you see the world around you too. And I think that's unique ladies. If you're, um, that are listening with us, it was this past Sunday evening, afternoon. I got a text from Jill just out of the blue that said, um, hey, just gave this lady a ride, need to go north if you see her, she's safe. And and she just literally picked up somebody, which we wouldn't recommend us do, right? Pick up a hitchhiker. But that's basically what she did. She, you know, got the lady story, gave the gospel. This is Jill. She's just got that friendly face. And Jill represents us. And um, and I think that's what I think that's what's intriguing to me that I wanted to have you on right now is to show us that sometimes we put um, women's leaders on especially paid. You're one of the few paid women's leaders in our state. And I think sometimes we put them on this pedestal um, and we try to think. They have the privilege of doing something different than maybe somebody who's in a non-paid position gets to do. And you are just so open to um, sharing with people and encouraging other leaders. But I just think it's important that people see that you actually embrace the work. And it's been fun for me just to watch how, like I said, God's growing in your life, which you have eyes for discipleship. That's your, you are very intentional at making, making disciples, but only because I watch you abiding and you take the abiding step very, very serious to spend mm-hmm. your own time with Christ, Jill. I want to ask you um, another question. You shared a little bit about the story of the young girl that was in the occult, and I just just because I've had the privilege of getting to sh- hear some of that story from you, I know that this has not been an easy road. So a lot of times, you know, we talk about um, like when we're overseas, somebody that would leave their faith and follow Christ can sometimes be abandoned. Um, or kicked out of a home, or, you know, um, or the baptisms can't be public. And um, you're walking that road. And I know you have to be protective with what you say. but can you share can you expand on that story for our ladies? Because I think it opens our eyes to realize, this is in our backyards, and it may not always come in a package of what we think it may may look like. So can you tell a little bit more about that young woman's story? Because I w- I've been with you when I've watched her send the questions, and you pause what you're doing to, to take the question because you don't want to miss that opportunity with that young woman.
1: Sure. She has no no support at home. That's just what I will say. Her Her situation is not Ah, uh, conventional and not traditional, and so she has no support. As a matter of fact, they're very uh, antagonistic and against anything, you know, w- with the church or Christianity. And so she's had to be very private about about her faith and coming to Christ. And uh, she's monitored a lot, and so. We've talked about this. If there is a, such a time we're praying for her family situation, that they would come to Christ and that she would be able to share this part of her life. them right now, it would mean that she would probably not have a place at home. Mm-hmm. And she's not in a position where she could do that. We're trusting. We're praying that God would move in the heart in her home situation. And uh, so her baptism will be, for for now, uh, private. You know, we're going to celebrate it as a church, but the actual baptism will be in private just to protect her situation at home. Uh, I don't think there's anything deceiving or deceptive in that, but it's just to protect her right now.
0: I just love that story because sometimes we tell those stories and we hear those stories a lot overseas. But to think, God let you experience that a few years ago in South Asia to understand how bapti- you know, how those baptisms were key. That believers would come around and celebrate that new life, but there still had to be that discreet moment to it, you know, when they when they position them. And now you're experiencing that very thing right there in your own neighborhood. So I think I think that's wonderful. What would you find as as your position right now um, leading out women's discipleship, But not just because of COVID, but um, what what are some of the greatest challenges that you have right now in leading out in the area of women's discipleship in the local church?
1: You know what? That is a great, great question. And I hope I can answer it with hope because sometimes I can get so discouraged because one of the biggest things that I'm facing right now, well, well two things, one is apathy because I'm trying to get women to be passionate about not only their own walk, but I'm trying to get them to be passionate about a lost world around them. And right now everything is so self-focused and there's just a, uh, we're all in this crisis mode about this virus that's around us. And so uh, our focus is on ourselves, our own safety. Uh, You know, I, I need to isolate myself. And everything's just turned inward. And the lines of communication that we have are <clears throat> the latest news report or what, what's on social media that's just kind of hypes all this up. And so it's more self-focused and there's just an apathy. And that's alarming to me because right now is the time for the church to be motivated, mobilized and active because the world needs the truth now. The world needs the gospel more than ever, and they don't need the church to be cowering. They need, uh, like I've shared with you before, one of my favorite verses in Psalm 6811 is, at the Lord's command, a great army of women spread the good news. And so I envision um, this great army of women for a time such as this to go out and at the Lord's command, which I believe he's saying now, ladies, you know, now women, go out. Now the time is it seize this moment and because people are listening, they're in need of hope. But there's just an apathy. So there's a hard there there's a discouragement that I feel sometimes because I haven't found yet a way that I can impassion women to be concerned for the lost world around them. The other thing is fear, you know, we're and which is closely related to the apathy, but there's just the fear. Right now, people are so afraid to get out. They're afraid uh, they don't want to uh, come to public gatherings and um, just kind of they're afraid for their children. And so that's just kind of been a, a challenge.
0: Um, that, that's a good word. That's a good word. And um, I think people would I, I think that they would like, yes, yes, yes. You know, when they hear you say that um, either that they're experiencing it in their own life or they, they see that around. And, you know, COVID has brought challenging times. I mean, everything's different. And it just doesn't, I think it's probably the, it's it's hit the whole world. So it's on everybody's doorsteps. And I think some of us are, when I say some of us, I say us because I don't want to act like I'm pointing a finger. But I think the reality of it is hitting some people fresh that maybe never hit three months ago, you know, to think. This might not be going nowhere, or this wasn't just a tiny interruption. This may be interrupting life, period. And so, whatever that looks like, it's going to look a little bit different on everybody's on everybody's plate. But um, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna take our conversation back. Um, You know, I'm real big on discipleship and um, I believe in discipleship um, because if we do a good job on discipleship, evangelism is going to happen, you know, because God calls us to be disciples who can make disciples. Um, I'm also big on leadership development. How do we develop ourselves to lead ourselves and to be strong? But I believe that's discipleship. I believe it all goes hand in hand. So um, I'm going to ask you this follow up question, Jill, because I think a lot of, of our women leaders would like to know this specifically about you what are you doing right now to build yourself? You know, um, so if you could give us a glimpse, what is your own daily discipleship path look like? Um, you know, what, what is your what is your daily routine for Jill to abide with God look like? And then what might be some new intentional things that you're adding to develop you um, um, for the work that God has called you to do that's planned out for you to do?
1: It's funny that you said that because I, I just did a Zoom, uh, like a, not a Zoom, a Facebook Live thing. I have a our women's group page. And so this morning I was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to include you in my quiet time. And so I did Facebook Live and just showed them what I did in my quiet time and talked mm. about the routine that I have. And the scripture says we can't, apart from him, we can do nothing. And so I would be foolish to think that uh, I could walk out of my door in the morning without Having spent time with him and I'm not going to pretend that that happens every morning because some mornings, you know, you just some mornings are just <laughs> hijacked and you wake mm-hmm. up and, and and I'm telling you, I know when I haven't, uh, I'm, I'm not.
0: I like that word just, hijacked. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know, it's hijacked and interrupted, you know, things like that. And I don't have that time with him, And I quickly find out, you know, ooh, I'm I'm really speaking. Uh, from Jill now I'm not I'm not speaking from the Lord I'm not walking in the spirit because I'm showing that you can't see it or or the people that are going to listen they're listening this won't be able to see it but you can see behind me on my wall I have the fruit of the spirit and I put it there intentionally because my desk is there and I check it's a check for me it's the word that I look at during the day and say okay am I manifesting joy Am I manifesting self-control? Am I manifesting you know gentleness and kindness and those things? And so it's a a check with me because I know if I'm not, then I'm walking in the flesh, not in the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a correction. So I, that word is in front of me that that corrects me. So that's a huge part of what I do, what who I am, and it's. I can't do this without him. I can't disciple other women. I can't lead other women if I don't spend time and abide in him. Uh, so abiding is just critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership wise, you know, uh, I, am, as I referred to before, I'm blessed to have a pastor that invests in me and I'm very aware that it is a blessing and I take, I'm smart enough to take advantage of it and so i asked for time to meet with him i asked for books to uh, that i can read that will help develop me theologically and as well as as a leader then i i have him evaluate me several times and and he's very good at at revealing blind spots to me in my leadership and and he's very good about pushing me in areas where I um, I might shrink back, so I'm I think he's an excellent leader, an excellent pastor. He's a person that that I would want to model leadership mm-hmm. and um, with. So honestly, a lot of that I'm fortunate to have that that example in front of me, and I also have uh, people such as yourself that are peers and that speaking to me and networks of women that help disciple me in leadership and encourage me. Uh, so I make sure I keep those connections there. You want to have people that are different from yourself that sharpen mm-hmm. those areas in you.
0: Jill, as we get ready to close, I can't not bring this up because it's such a part of your journey right now. Um, and I get asked all the time, what is Jill doing? What is Jill doing as they see on Facebook and so forth? But, but I know you've just had your own um, like a spiritual renewal um, in your own life, and again, I've got to watch a little bit of that, and you, you know, and been blessed that you've shared some of the inside with that. So, tell us a little bit, um, you know, just tell the women quickly a little bit about um, your recent weight loss journey, and, and and just how God has used that to open some doors that has just totally caught you by surprise. Um, but you just, you, you're you just walking through the door. Cause again, God uses everything. He wastes nothing when we give it to him.
1: Absolutely. I hope I can say this in a short amount of time and, and not just like gush, but I have recently lost 110 pounds. 110. <laughs> wow. I, uh, well, Let me tell you, I'm not promoting, uh, this is not to do with any program. It is all of what God has done in my life. I was in a quiet time, uh, about a month ago, and was reading in Exodus, and God just spoke to me, just as clear as could be, and said, daughter, this is your, this is your Egypt, this food addiction is your Egypt, and he just showed me how he had brought me out, and has really delivered me from this bondage of food addiction, and I know I'm not the only one that struggles with it, and you know how I know that? Because women have come out of the woodwork (laughs) and talked to me about it. And and not just like, how did you do that? Because I want to fit in, uh, you know, I want to have my swimsuit body. Well, let me tell you how you have a swimsuit body. You buy a swimsuit and you put it on your body. That's how you get a swimsuit (laughs) body because you want to love your body. But listen, what women are really wanting is hope. Hope because this thing called food addiction And this thing um, with obesity, and there's a shame to it, and there is a bondage to it, and Christ died to set us free. Mm -hmm. He, He took our shame and our guilt. He bore that. So we shouldn't, and one of my favorite verses, uh, my life verse is Ephesians 3.20, which says he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could even ask or imagine, and I've experienced that in my life. The other verse has been Galatians 5.1 that says it's for freedom that Christ says free, so stand firm and don't come under another yoke of slavery, and and it has been, this has been a very um liberating thing. God has just transformed me physically. Yes, of course, I went from a size 20 to now I wear a size four, but that's not the thing. He has transformed me inside to where I see, oh my goodness, I no longer have that. I'm no longer under that cruel taskmaster. He has set me free. And I realized just as the Israelites came out of Egypt, that there are times where they were confronted with things and there was that desire to feel like they wanted to go back to something familiar. But he promised them and he delivered and brought them into uh, a promised land. And I believe I'm experiencing that now. It's just not a physical transformation. God has done a work in my heart and just revealed an intimacy with him that I have never had before. And that's the real joy. It's not the joy of being a certain size or a certain weight. It's that I know him in a way that I've never had before. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I had this, that there was an Egypt that he could deliver me because I now I know him as a deliverer.
0: I love that how you just bring out, it's hope that people are looking for. Yeah. We all have our own Egypt. But boy, when we can celebrate that there was an Egypt because it allows our eyes to raise and see and see God. That's that's good. That's good. And congratulations on the journey because I'm happy for you because I know you feel stronger and and so forth. So good, Jill. Jill, thank you so much for being with us this week and pouring into the lives of our ladies like you always do. Thank you for having me and
1: give me an opportunity to chat with you and the other wonderful women of Illinois.
0: Um, ladies, in our episode notes, um, we will have um, the website for Bethel Troy so that you can, you know, you see Jill's church, that she's on staff at the church. Um, Jill, I won't put your personal contact information in there, but I will direct them to the church so that they can come and find you if they want to, because I know you and I know you're open to talk with people or answer some questions if you can be helped anybody else that's leading out in this journey of discipleship to women.
1: Absolutely. It's Good. a joy.
0: We appreciate that. Okay, ladies, stay connected with us. So if you're not already on the journey with us, make sure you're connected and bring your sisters along. So you can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women, or you can go to our website, IBSA backslash women. And um, that's been updated. So hopefully that'll be easy for you to navigate and see things that can help you develop as a leader as you lead out in discipling women in your local church. Thanks for listening and join us next week for Priority Now podcast. We're on the journey together. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make Him known.